Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome, Welcome to, to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Today we're picking up with part two of the happiness equation, where we talk about high expectations, and 10 reasons why high expectations can be problematic. In the last episode, we talked about these five issues that can come up. Stress and anxiety, perfectionism, decreased satisfaction, fear of failure, and avoidance and procrastination. And today we're going to pick up right there. But before we do, if you're listening to this on September 28th, tomorrow is the last day to enter our week three giveaway. In order to enter, you just need to share this podcast, whether it's this podcast as a whole or a specific episode. We want you to share it on social media or text it to a friend. And then all you have to do is screenshot it and share it in our Facebook group. So hop over to our Facebook group and make sure that you enter. Let's jump into today's episode as we go through numbers 6 through 10. So as we get into this, definitely make sure you listen to that first episode. We have a whole story that kind of goes along with this. And we're going to be referencing the people in that story as we talk about these next five issues. So the next issue you can run into if you have very high expectations is decreased resilience. And what that means is when you have a failure to meet those high expectations, it can lead to intense feelings of inadequacy and reduce your ability to bounce back from setbacks. And when you think about this, this absolutely makes sense when you have high expectations. If you have these high expectations and then you don't meet them, it enhances and increases that feeling of being a failure and then makes you feel like I'm not going to be able to achieve that because I should have done that in the first place. But because I couldn't do that in the first round, then there's no hope that I can do that the second round. Yeah, in the last episode, we really made a distinction between goals and expectation. It's good to have high goals, but you need to balance that with expectations that are flexible. Because in the story that we talked about, we have Alex and Taylor. They are both entrepreneurs and app developers, and they're both very ambitious, but they have such different approaches to business. And not even just to business, but to life and their approach mentally and emotionally to things. You can really see how that affects them. And so when we have these high expectations and we begin to have this cognitive distortion of should statements, and we think, I should be at this level and I need to meet this milestone. And then you have this all or nothing thinking where if I don't meet that, then I'm a total failure. When you are constantly up against that 
and you meet failure, which we talked about in the last episode, that you almost have to assume that you're going to fail along the way. But the important part is to meet that failure and then rise back up, maybe tweak your approach a little bit, and then go after it again and again and again. And so when you have these high expectations and you're doing these should statements and you're constantly meeting failure and you're seeing it truly as failure, it's going to be hard to continue to be resilient with that. And you're going to experience this decreased resilience. Whereas if you view it like Taylor's perspective where, okay, this is a challenge that I need to overcome and I need to get back up and figure out how to work from this angle, or I'm going to use this failure as an opportunity to grow, that's when you can experience that increased resilience. And this definitely isn't a pessimistic idea like, oh man, I know I'm going to fail. It's, oh, I know that this is just a part of the process of doing things that failure will happen. So I think it's important to have that distinction that having that expectation of knowing that you're likely to fail in some aspect or at points along the way, it shouldn't bring up negative feelings or sensations if you're thinking about it in the right way. But if you're thinking about it as like a foregone overall conclusion, I am a failure or I will fail at everything, that's different than what we're talking about here. We're talking about failure is just a step towards the success we're reaching to, but we're not talking about it as you're failing overall. Number seven is relationship strain. When you have such high expectations, this can definitely be an area where it causes problems in. Because of these high expectations that you have for yourself begin to seep into other areas and you begin to have these same high expectations for other people. And it can create this personal strain in relationships, whether with friends, family, coworkers, and then people begin to feel like they can never meet your standards. And that's when you hear in relationships again and again, no matter what I do, it's never enough. And I think another problem that can arise from this is not only setting higher expectations for the loved ones around you, but that your own high expectations on yourself can directly affect your loved ones, such as if you have this high expectation or perfectionism at work, it can cause you to become a workaholic, then you're not spending enough time with your family, and so they're affected that way, even if you're not necessarily putting those high expectations on them. Or you want to throw the perfect party for your kid, and you have super high expectations for that, and then you're spending all this time trying to make it perfect, but not enough time trying to actually connect with your child that you're throwing the party for. Number eight is burnout. When you're constantly striving for high standards in every endeavor, it can lead to physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion. Last week when I had shared a little bit of a story where I had had a high level of achievement and then that was simultaneously a great day, but then a week later it was not so great because now I had this expectation set. I need to this next year when I come back, I need to achieve at that same level. That actually caused me to go 100% in every single practice. And I actually think it caused me to overtrain because I had such high expectations. And then I wasn't able to follow up that next year and win again in the same way I had the previous year. And so that high level of expectation I had put on myself because I had won the year before actually harmed my chances at winning again that next year. When we go back to the story, Alex's companies experienced a lot of highs and lows. And when things went well, Alex felt on top of the world. But when they didn't, which was often because of how big his expectations were, he was devastated and he faced burnout, anxiety, and doubt. And despite having an app that was used by hundreds of thousands, it never felt like enough for him. 
And so even though he was at this point where he was reaching hundreds of thousands of people with his app, it really was the height of his success thus far. That's when he's facing this burnout. And just like Tim was talking about, when we're at the top, if we can find a way to keep going or we just continue and are consistent with it, usually we'll have this upward climb and we'll have more and more success. But a lot of times what happens is when people hit the height of their success because they push so hard, they had such high expectations and the perfectionism and all the things that stacked up against them, when they hit that, then they're burnt out and they're done. And a lot of times their career drops off where really if they did it kind of more like Taylor's journey, it allows you to keep on going where each milestone for her, whether it was 100 or 100,000 users, she celebrated and she felt satisfied and content. She was ambitious and she was driven, but not by fear of failing, not by these high standards, but by the genuine joy that her work brought. And she was able to celebrate these victories along the way. And I think something that a lot of people are struggling right now is that they're kind of burned out on life. And the reason they're burned out on life altogether is because they have this high expectation that life should be smooth and life should be easy. But that's just not how it is. Life is messy and life is difficult and it's uncomfortable. But if you have this expectation that, oh, if I just set myself up right, then I'm not going to have any problems that I have to deal with. That's not how it operates. Life is always full of surprises. There's always things that are going to happen that you can't fully prepare for or anticipate. And then as they come up, if you take it as, hey, this is just a part of the deal, it's baked into the cake that life is going to throw curveballs and is going to be difficult and there's going to be challenges that I have to meet and overcome, then when those challenges do come, it won't be nearly as difficult or uncomfortable for you when that challenge happens. But if you're expecting life should just be very smooth and very easy, then you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. A lot of times when our friends or family, when they get engaged, we'll do pre-marriage counseling with them. One of the emphasis we put on is about how difficult marriage can be if you do it wrong. And I think a part of our goal is trying to let them know like, hey, listen, this is not necessarily an easy walk in the park kind of a thing. If you do this wrong, it could be one of the most difficult experiences of your life. Or if you do it right, it can be one of the most rewarding experiences of your life. And so if you have it set up in your mind like, oh, once you get married, then it's happily ever after right? Well, there's a lot of work and effort that goes into that happily ever after. And it's a constant amount of effort that you have to keep putting in to keep having that happily ever after day after day after day. But I think a lot of people think like, once we get married, that's when things get easy. No, that's when you have the work to do the rest of your life to keep it going a good direction. And knowing that there will be difficult times that come up, even those difficult times may come up and it's no fault of your own, but now I have to meet this challenge and overcome this challenge and move on. And so if you're feeling burned out on life, a part of the reason may be is you're expecting it to be easy. But the truth is, it's going to be very difficult, full of challenges everywhere you go. But that if you have this expectation, it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do my best to meet those challenges. Then you're going to have a very different feeling and then you won't be burned out on life. Number nine is lowered self-esteem. And this reminds me a lot of number six, which is decreased resilience. But when we continually fail to meet our own high standards, it can lead to feeling worthless or decreased confidence in our own abilities. And so it really is what we talked about in decreased resilience. When we have such high standards and we fail and fail and fail, 
we're going to feel like anything we do is not good enough versus really seeing that failure as an opportunity for growth. And it ties into with our perception of kind of expecting failure along the way, because sometimes I think when we expect it, then we can kind of embrace it and even get excited about the challenges that come. And so when you're thinking about setting up your expectations or what your expectations are for a situation, remembering that you are possibly damaging yourself in this long run as far as your self-esteem is and how capable you feel so that setting those lower standards will make you feel better about your likelihood of being able to accomplish your goals. Because one of the big things is why people don't try things a lot of times is because they believe that they have no chance at it. So if you want to be somebody who is more likely to try something and see if it will succeed, then you need to start setting those lower expectations for success so that you actually can have that higher level of self-esteem because you're more frequently matching what your expectations are. And when we look at it overall, we're not really big on self-esteem anyway. We really like to focus on and talk about self-worth. And part of that is when you look at your failures again and again, you're going to feel bad about yourself. And when you know that your worth isn't tied to a specific achievement or where you hit at in your career, then it really changes the perspective. And so when you look at your kids, you don't see their worth based on what they do, but you know that they are worthy and they are valuable because they are. And if you're a Christian, then you know that you have worth and value because you're a child of God, not because of the things you do. And so this idea of lowered self-esteem, it's easy to get caught up in. I don't feel good enough and I have low self-esteem, but you need to know that you are worthy and what your worth is aside from the things that you're doing. Number 10 is rumination. So when we set these high expectations and then we don't meet them, then what we have a tendency to do is get stuck and obsess over that failure and that negative cycle, and then being stuck in this negative cycle of trying to figure out why didn't I succeed? What was wrong? When we get stuck in that cycle, the problem is that it's not productive. Taking a little bit of time and assessing why something happened or why didn't something go the right way is good to be able to figure out what can I try differently in the future to move forward. But when you get stuck in that cycle, then it causes you not to move forward and to keep trying. And a lot of times, especially when you're doing new things, just getting familiar with it by continually doing this thing, this new activity, is the thing that helps you really to get an understanding of how to do it. But just sitting there and thinking theoretically about what I should do or how I should handle it differently isn't nearly as effective as that hands-on experience. And so if you're stuck in that rumination phase and you're just trying to make sure, like, I got to make sure I figure this out so I don't fail again, you're setting yourself up to be more likely to fail again in the future because it's pushing off and preventing more of that hands-on experience of doing that task that you need to do in order to learn how to be successful in it, learning through that experience of failure. So those are the 10 reasons why high expectations can be problematic. But when you understand these potential pitfalls of high expectation, it can really be helpful and essential for you in helping you to set more balanced and realistic expectations, but still keeping your high goals. And so remember, goals and expectations are really different. And so you want to have high goals, but have flexible and balanced expectations. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.